two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to Anne Superiority Complex for providing our new theme song. It is October 4th, 2018, and we're talking, what could Disney be doing better? My name is Zach Weber, and tonight I am joined by the one only Zenger. I found your lack of faith disturbing. I, I really don't like these short, concise quotes. I like the well, lengthy ones that like require this, numerous takes. I, well, I could do another one real quick, but I feel like that one fits the topic for tonight. Okay. That, that, that I am... Lacking in my faith in what has been done with the Star Wars franchise to an extent. Oh boy, shots fired, people. It's going to be one of those episodes. Yes, it is. Uh, Everyone everyone get ready. It's going (laughs) to be a ride. Buckle up. Uh, No, for those, I have no idea where Zenger's going with this. Much again, like I've done the last couple weeks, I'm letting go of the reins a little bit. I know there's been, I've complained about the Star Wars drought. And as of recording this, the Star Wars drought is officially over. There's been a ton of breaking news, whether it be the Mandalorian, Kathleen Kennedy getting re-signed for three years. Uh, there's a bunch of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge rumors going around. We'll, we'll get to that in time. Next week, we're hoping that we'll be able to get the whole gang back together, including Force Ghost Jim. Yay! But until, but until then, you'll just have to settle with Zenger or not. Just screaming about something this time. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Here's the whole premise. Here's the whole where I'm coming from with this. I don't think Disney's doing a terrible job. I just think that there is stuff they could be taking advantage of that they are seriously lacking in. And I think if they really want to get more fan support behind what they've been doing, they could easily do that, but they are dropping the ball left and right, I feel, in a lot of ways. Because originally this this discussion was going to be cool characters in the Star Wars universe that have been had fallen by the wayside. And I think I can also group that into, and I know Zach's now breaking something and throwing something around the room because he's like, I told him not to do this. I didn't, I still haven't figured out. I, now, after like four days, I finally figured out what he was going for. Yeah, because I'm like someone like Dash Rendar. Could you do a TV show around Dash Rendar? Could you have him in a movie? Could you do stuff with him? You totally could. He's basically a Han Solo analog that doesn't have all the weight behind him. That doesn't have this like gigantic weight put on him of he has to be Han Solo. It's he's the Han Solo like character that you can have to do whatever the heck you want, because guess what? You're not having his mythology or mythos ruined by everything important that happened to him happened in a weekend. And that his name just came from some guy who just decided to make a joke about him at the time. <laughs> You're by yourself. <laughs> Solo. Han solitary. Yes. Han only one of them. Yeah, so I mean it's it's one of those things to where I feel like they could be doing some stuff with some interesting characters. This Mandalorian announcement, some more stuff with that. That brings me more hope. I'm like I said, the main movies are their own thing. 
This isn't me dogging the main movies. You're never going to get probably any of the characters I vaguely speak of in this even close to that. Would I like to see Dash Rendar in a movie? It'd be cool, but I, aside from like a cameo of the ship, you're never going to get him straight up mentioned in a movie. It's it's too much behind it, but it would be cool to have like a TV series or even the comics or a video game again based on him. But no, of course we get, you know, a video game that was up and coming that was being done by EA that that um, that one that they canceled that, that just got canceled out of nowhere. Like I said they have all these really cool characters that they could do stuff with and put in. And we were about to have another one. And they're like, nope, pull the plug on them. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to use Stash Rendar first because I have a few others, but I feel like he's one that a lot of fans can relate to as he was basically Han Solo if Han Solo wasn't Han Solo. Well, he's is, Han Solo light. Yeah, he, he is. And that would have been perfect to not saying the Solo movie shouldn't have been made, but if you wanted to do more stuff with a Han Solo like character, you got him built into the universe already. He's right there. Just go use him. And guess what? Nobody's going to care if you ruin him or do anything terrible with him because there's not much known about him aside from he's a Han Solo-like character beginning. And I know somebody sitting at home going, oh, there's all this. And it's like, but that's the thing. If you at least have the essence of the characters coming back, that would be awesome. And I would love for certain characters to have like at least the vagueness of what they were come back from Legends canon and everything. It would be cool to have them sort of re-enter and be a part of the world again. If my understanding is right, now that you bring up this uh, point about Dash Rendar, I could have swore I read something that there's some sort of reference book or something where he's now he's now canon again. He's mentioned by name. And see, that's the thing. Why is he mentioned by name? Why is he canon again? Let's see some stuff about that. That would be cool. I would like to see stuff on why is he canon. Give me some comment. I, I don't mind them creating new stuff. That, that's the thing. But I'm like, could you – you have all this stuff that's already there. Could you pull from it a little bit? Like even pieces of it. Like technically Ben Solo is Jason Solo to an extent. It's <laughs> he, he He's the fragments of what that was. Like people who are into the EU know that. That's what – or or sorry, or legends know what, what, he, what, what, what he was and everything. So that's – that's that's what I'm getting at is pull the fragments, piece them together, and give us something. Like Star Killer is one that you could easily do. You can have somebody who was a fallen Jedi or was a, wasn't a Jedi anymore, or someone with Force powers named Galen Merrick, who then gets the like not have him be overpowered, ridiculous, but have him reintroduced. Well, like you okay. know how cool I I know everyone loves Caden. I know everyone's big on him and everything. But what if he had been Starkiller instead? Fans would have loved that to where, like, he was going, like, to where his actual name was Galen Merrick. Well, okay, okay, okay. Zanger's opening a giant can of worms right here. I, I he, burst it open. He just he threw out three or four different ideas all at once. Uh, so, first, so let's dissect them. Yes, first going back to Dash Randar. Dash Randar is mentioned. There's a new book that came out. It's a it's, I don't want to say kitty book, but it's a kitty book. It's called Solo Star Wars Story, colon, Tales from Vandor. And it's it's one of those books about like Han's journey like over his life. 
and I think Dash Rendar does get a mention in it as Dash Rendar. I, again, no, I don't think there's any description of him. He's just it's just his name. Dash Rendar being Dash Rendar in the Dash Rendar story featuring Dash Rendar. Rendar. So he's there. Like he is canon now. The name, or at least the name, is there. The second thing again, I don't know, Zenger. Was it Kanan you brought up next, or? Yeah. I said Starkiller and him could have been the same. Not to take away anything, I was just using an example of how you could have made him, at least the essence of him, bring him back. In, well, in uh, essence. Well, okay, leaning into Zenger's things with EU characters. I think this was last week, maybe. I remember I was reading the, this was back during like middle school, I read the Tales from the, I don't know, I don't know what it was called. Tales from the Jedi. It was, a ser- it was a series from, I think, 2006 or so. And or it was called The Last of the Jedi, and it followed the. It was part of the Scholastica book series, like those, like Dungeons I think I books. had those too. Yeah, it is, is the first one an issue where it's got like Obi Wan levitating a lightsaber in front of him? Uh, I don't remember. I think the first one's just him like in a cave somewhere. Okay, maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, I got. I mean, they're, they're like right behind me down the stairs, but I'm I'm too lazy to go down the stairs and find them. No, don't don't do that. The main stories that he was in... Okay, come on, Star Wars Wikipedia. Work with me here. He, well, he was first introduced in the series called Jedi Quest. And then he really became the focal point of the series called, ironically, The Last of the Jedi. Um, yeah, there you go. And he was basically... How he got introduced, he was a arrival of Anakin's during the during his Jedi training. And he it was part of the whole thing, if anybody knows their EU legend stuff, where it was like uh, Obi-Wan had like a... Like a, pat, like a a Jedi girlfriend named, I think, Siri Tachi Taki. That was that was her Padawan was Fierce Olin. Again, he he was around during the again 2000 2001. And he got brought back like in 2005 2006. And what he was, he, he left the Jedi Order prematurely as a Padawan, and he kind of got dragged back into the events of the Galactic Civil War because there only were a handful of Jedi still around. I don't remember a bunch from those books, but. Uh, well, I was, I, for whatever reason, I fell down a rabbit's hole. As Zenger knows, that can happen sometimes when you're surfing things on Wikipedia. And he is very similar to what Kanan became. Yeah. As in, he was a, a Padawan or a disgraced Padawan that left the Jedi Order. Obviously, one, one left voluntarily. The other one left because, obviously, Order 66. There's even a little bit of Ahsoka sprinkled into Fierce Or I guess there's a little of uh, Fierce Olin's story sprinkled into Ahsoka's in the sense of a disgraced Jedi leaving the the Order. But I feel with Kanan, plus Kanan eventually became Rom Coda from The Force Unleashed. Yeah, yeah, he did. He really did, hardcore style. Yeah, and even though I know Pablo Hidalgo shot that down immediately and told everybody they were stupid if they believed that. It's there. I, I, I don't know. Once, but... Okay, so, they, so they're pulling it. Once again, everyone thought Ezra was going to be Starkiller at some uh, point, too. I still think the fact that he's a giant question mark that that could come at some point. I don't know. I think you. Know, I think they're going to do. And I think, uh, okay, Zenger, uh, put on your. We're putting on our Zenger's caps right now. We got the tinfoil real tight on our foreheads. Yep. I got a feeling what they're. Cause remember, I said they're going to bring. Thrawn, they're they're going to do the Thrawn trilogy. I, I have a feeling they're going to do the Thrawn trilogy. It might be a while from now. No idea. But I think with Ezra and Thrawn out in the ether in the unknown regions, and I think they're going to make Ezra. I, I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, Yoros. Uh, oh my god, what was his name? The guy from the Thrawn trilogy that was the the the, the psycho cloned Jedi Master y- Yaris. Oh, Chobert, I know or, who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. All right, but you know you know what I'm talking about, right? 
Yes. The name of the person was the insane Jedi clone from, from Wayland, Yoris Chobath. C apostrophe. Yeah, right. C apostrophe B A O T H. Yoris Kabaoth. If anybody knows their heir to the Empire history, I think you would know what I'm getting at. But I got a feeling that's what they might do with Thrawn. They might make Ezra into the make him out in the unknown regions, like some deranged, just uh, being isolated from from people so long. Yeah, they might do that. Losing it. Yeah, I have a feel. I, I do think we're getting the Thrawn trilogy eventually. That could be part of the streaming service again. The timetable, who knows? But just getting that vibe that chances are they know how. And like Zenger said, they they do like to recycle things. Yes, they. And then that that's that's kind of what I'm asking here is, I, I like the content we're getting. Like I said, this this whole discussion is this whole. The theological statement I was going to make on this episode came up before, you know, there was more stuff released about the Mandalorians. Everything I've seen so far has been stuff I kind of already knew about somehow. So I'm like, I don't know how much more, but that's, like I said, for next week. Um, and and that's and that, that's the other thing. I mean, could we get some cool characters out of this? Yes, I want more Star Wars characters, but I also, there's so much legend stuff that I feel is just getting left by the wayside and so many interesting characters that could fit really well into this universe that I think are getting, you know, short-ended to where we, we could get a lot more out of this. And there's so many outlets for it now, like the comics, the games, every one of these things. And that's the other thing. I feel like they burn, they burn a lot of these characters at both ends to where they burn out so quickly. No one cares about them. Um, not Jen or so, uh, the, why am I not remembering her name from the battlefront game? I can't remember her name. Oh, because I that's how, yeah. Yeah, I, I Inversio. She came and went so fast within the like. She barely, I think, registered as a blip technically on the radar of a lot of stuff. But they could have done more with her. They could have had a mention in a movie. They, that, that's that's the thing. As much as I hate Star Wars being incestuous and everybody knows everybody, it makes the universe feel more there though. Sometimes, if you have stuff like that happen. Well, okay. I, I'm I'm trying to have my cake and eat it too here. So so understand that is I hate when they do that, but at the same time I kind of like it too. Well, it's like like you made the comment saying it'll be like Dash Rendar gets mentioned in, like in a line or won't even get mentioned. I feel with a lot of these characters, it's gonna be like what happened to Aura Singh in Solo, where it's just a line of dialogue where it's like it's like I heard you killed Aura Singh. Well, more like accidentally pushed. It's it's gonna be stuff like that. Like there's gonna but be that's a lot the of thing. I I kind of would like that though too because see that didn't make me upset. That made me go wait a second. I know that name and then I looked up and I'm like oh sweet that's cool. That's something to where you're making the universe smaller by everyone knowing each other, but you're also having it be a very obscure reference too. Yeah, well it's it's the easiest it's the most efficient way of doing fan service. It doesn't require having Darth Vader going down a hallway, mowing down uh, fleet troopers. Yet, it's not hitting you over the head like Darth Maul at the end of Solo. It's, yeah. Like, I would imagine 95% of the people who watch Solo did not get the Aura Singh reference or the Bosque reference. And, no. I think, and I think also they are trying to see things that were... That, that, even some of the most ardent Star Wars fans aren't even aware of. Like the line from Solo with L3, which I think I've brought up a few times now, 
where she says, Oh, what? You'll have me wiped? You couldn't get from here to Blackspire without me. Now you're going to make the Kessel Run? And obviously, in about a year, uh, to any Star Wars fan, Blackspire Outpost is going to be a household name. Isn't that the... That's the place for... For the galaxy's end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's gonna be one of those. Like, I'm, I'm gonna make a bet right now. Put it in the bank. Uh, when Galaxy's Edge opens in California first this this coming summer, which is gonna open, I think six or seven months before the Florida one, there's gonna be a hundred articles from your normal fan movie blog website saying this line from Solo predicted the Galaxy's Edge. There's gonna be so much of that BS. No, because they're trying to seed it. They're trying to do that, and I'm like they. They have so much content available that, I mean, I'm not saying you have to tell the exact same stories, but bring us some of these characters back or bring, like, an analog for them back. Well, but at the same time, like, like again, Dash Rendar had his day, Starkiller had his day twice, Mara Jade had her day. And even though I would, it would be fun to see some of these characters back, there, there's an old, not an old saying, there's a, if anybody knows their Michael Eisner Disney history. And I know now that's something I really hate now with all the stupid theme park YouTubers. Like they, they've really dragged Michael Eisner's name through the mud. Like you gotta give Michael Eisner credit. There might be an episode of this podcast where we where I defend Michael Eisner, but that'll be really a slow day. But no, Michael Eisner has slower than this one. No, there's stuff going on. We're just we're trying yeah, there to think is. outside just, the box. Yeah, we're trying to think outside the box and just give me a chance to vent so yeah, it can so build gonna, up again. There's gonna be 800 Star Wars podcasts that released uh, episodes this week called The Mandalorian, and we're not gonna be one of them. But no, Michael Eisner had a quote saying, like, when it would come to, like, whether it be before they bought Pixar, which was, again, before Eisner left, before Bob Iger came in, like, like he'd go to the, the animation studio, whether it be Pixar or Disney Animation, and be like, and, or they'd go to him and be like, we want to make a sequel to Blah the movie. And he goes, no, don't really want that. And his philosophy was, these characters already exist and are making me money. I want you to create new characters that can make me money. It's like, that's why he, I used though he did do the direct to DVD sequels and things like that, like Cinderella 2, Peter Pan 2. He really did not do a lot of sequels theatrically because he wanted new characters to make more money. It's that's the reason why you got things like Hercules, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Pocahontas. Um, I'm trying to think of another one from the late '90s that was a part of the the the, the Disney Renaissance, it's whatever. But you get my drift. It's the idea of let's have the new let's have new characters the great make us money. That was that was late '80s. That was before the rena- Disney Renaissance. Oh. But 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 you're close. You're you're in the ballpark. Yay. And I think that's what they're trying to do because think about it. Like yes, they could very easily release uh, or or make a, a TV show. Or whatever, and it's called the Mara Jade Chronicles. Or you could just have something about, oh, the Emperor had this high-level female person that was with them, to where everyone's like, wait, is that Mar-? Like, that's the thing. If you could at least bring in that to where it's kind of an up-in-the-air thing on whether they are or not, it, it, it would be cool. But I guess what I'm saying, I guess if in that same vein, I I am almost getting that with Ezra being Starkiller. Then, because that's almost the exact same argument. Then, but but at the same time, do you, do you want to take away from these characters? No, but that that's that's that, that's the problem. It's I like I said, I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want new Star Wars characters. I want them to branch out. I think it's going to be interesting with this Mandalorian series because I can't name a Mandalorian that's not Jango or Boba. To be honest with you, from 
I mean, like that would be relevant in this discussion. Of course, there is stuff from the course, the rebels and the clone war series, but I'm just saying as a movie watcher and from older content, there was basically no one else. So that's the thing. I want new characters to exist. Cause I don't even have an analog to be like, Oh, we need a new Boba Fett. It's like Boba Fett's too of his own thing. Well, Boba no. Fett, I, well, again, Boba Fett's the joke because it was just, it, it's, it's a uh, character design, uh, to the tens. And that's yeah. really, and that's what it is. It's a character design that just resonates. It, he is the walking embodiment also of just his character design looks like somebody who's been playing a MMO for way too long. Cause it looks like he's got, you know, because, because you've, you've seen the regular Mandalorian armor, but then his armor has all these other attachments, all this other crazy stuff on it. And it looks awesome, but I know in some shows and stuff they made jokes uh, like from watching commentary and stuff that sometimes it just feels like certain characters they someone just kept drawing and didn't stop. Um, there, there. This is a real bad reference. If you go back to there's an episode of the last air um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. There's a part where they're in a shop and one of the characters comes out basically strapped up in a ton of armor, like looks like a cliche character. And they said that they all sat there and just drew the most hated things they could think of that are always like attached to different characters. And he looked ridiculous. And in that, I know the commentary behind that was them doing that. That's the thing. I feel like sometimes characters have that bad habit of looking ridiculous. Another one is um, the Darksiders series, the main character, War. It looks like someone just kept drawing him and didn't stop. It's like, well, let's put shoulder pads on him. Well, let's put shoulder pads that have screaming faces on him. Well, let's put the screaming faces having flames coming out. It's like someone just would not stop drawing him. And that's my yeah. quick rant on characters I feel like. But at the same time, I'm also sitting there sometimes going, dang, that looks cool. Well, okay, but like... it's there. There is a fine line of that with me to where it's just, if you add one more thing, it's ridiculous if you take it away, you have made the most awesome thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I think it, uh, well, well, this is the weird part, though, because obviously, again, I always joke, you and I are schmucks on a Thursday night talking about this. Yet there are people in this world that are getting paid six-figure salaries to figure out what the next Boba Fett's going no, no, to no, be. I did, no, I, I have said for years, sorry to interrupt, I, I have said for years, I would kill to be somebody in one of those meetings, I would love to sit there with a whiteboard, some sketches, some guy drawing stuff, some other guy writing stuff, sitting there with a pencil in my mouth and just sitting there. I'm, I'm actually leaning back in my chair. Actually, here, I got a pencil. I actually got a pencil sitting here. Just sitting there going like, how, how do pencil in my mouth? Just sitting there. Just sitting there kind of tapping it, you know, on the bottom of my chin sort of thing. And then be like, then be like, listen, guys, we... We got to figure this out. We we can take lunch. Chinese foods in the break room. Come on, guys. We got to get one more idea out. Let me just go. How about you give them a like not a fanny pack, but just an extra pack on the side. And then and there's silence. And then someone goes, "Hey, hey, Bill, Bill, draw that, draw that real quick." And they put it up on the thing. And they're like, "Yeah, I, I like that." What if the pack had like another pack? Like just somebody who just throws out like a random idea every like five hours and gets paid like ridiculous amounts because they're the ones that help come up with like all this stupid stuff not I, I i would just love to be in those meetings or just be able to just be like just throw one thing out at a meeting or during like a story writing idea to just throw out something where it's like what if it's actually his father yeah 
but again, when it comes to the character design, the the weird thing about it is like let's take the Mandalorian thing. Did you see that picture yet today? Give me a second, I'm sure I can find it. Okay, well Zanger looks for the Mandalorian picture that just came out sometime in the last few hours, or when you're listening to this over a week ago. Uh, you, my thing auto Oh whoa! What is this? Okay, I think he found it, folks. This looks interesting. All Why right, are we but, talking about this? <laughs> oh dear. All right, I'm going to send. Okay, Zanger's- but this is the thing. This is the thing, real quick. I like the design. It's very reminiscent of like Boba Fett and other Mandalorians. But as I said, Boba Fett just looks like some character that's carrying like who's done the raid 10 or 16 times. This looks like some guy who just showed up. Well, okay. That's a topic for another discussion. But what, what my point I was going to make with that is with this, this Mandalorian image is that the fir- I saw this image in the last couple hours. And the first okay, thing the, I- the, the artwork of him looks a oh. little bit more. Oh, wait, that's from... 1313. Okay, look, Zanger, stop, okay. stop, stop okay. putting the okay. cart before the horse for a second. I saw this picture of the Mandalorian, and I said, this looks familiar. And, I, and I'm like, this is, for some reason, it's, my mind is saying, okay, clearly you've seen this before, but you don't know why. And someone eventually posted the picture, and if you go look, I think I, I retweeted on the Knights of Vader uh, Twitter account. But it's very clearly inspired by the Star Wars 1313 um character design of what Boba Fett was going to be in that game. Like it's, if you even look at the fact that he has the rifle slung over his shoulder, he has the, the same black... exact rifle. Almost. Almost. The, 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 the stock is a little bit different. It, the stock is obviously, um, reminiscent of the stock from the ho- the Boba Fett gun in the holiday special. The one that he shoots the giant like dinosaur creature with. He has the sidearm. Obviously, is very similar. Even the uh, like Zenger said, like the the strap across his chest with the amount of like bullets or I get not bullets. Um, cartridges uh, is cartridges. like it's the same number, but they're divided up differently. Yeah, it's and the only difference is if you look on this Mandalorian helmet, he doesn't have the rangefinder antenna on his helmet or the dent. Or well, okay, yes, the, the dent is the is the first thing you look for when you look at the image. And that's why I mean, though, it's like, and I give them credit, obviously, if, if Lucasfilm pre-Disney poured how many thousands, if not millions of dollars into a pre-production on this, why not reuse it? And that's the per- thing I want, is, is for them to take something that's like something we could have never seen, too, now. Like, the 1313 is never going to happen, no matter how much people try. But if they're going to go this close to it, I'm like, there. That's something that that's very cool that I would appreciate as all those people's hard work and everything everyone put into that isn't going to die. It's just something that was just there. Yeah, and I think that's cool. The fact that something that somebody uh, created probably in the early 2010s gets to live. I think that's neat. As, as much as I wanted this to not be something on what's going on recently, it turned into something that's on, on topic with what's going on recently. I didn't know about that picture, but it, it is the exact thing of like, that's cool that they're doing that. I want them to do that. I want them to add new stuff, but also kind of there's so much stuff that's that's been like destroyed off in Star Wars that it's like it's cool to bring it back. A lot of fans would love that. Yeah, but they're not interested in appeasing the fans. And that kind of gets back Maybe to Maybe they the, are now. 
No, I, I well, I, okay, I like like Force Ghost Jim and I discussed a few weeks ago. I think we're in a transition point with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think everything that we've got up until this moment has been the appetizer. Force Awakens, Rogue One, Last Jedi, Solo, I think are all the appetizer. I think come 2019, and I'm pretty sure this is probably going to be next week's topic, but let's, who knows, just, there's going to be so much content next year. So much. Like, to the point where I'm actually losing track of how much stuff we're getting next year. Between the books, the the movies, there's also, there's a EA video game that comes out. That what's it called? You're, you're the last Alderanian, and you're on. You're no, you're that got hunted. canceled. No, that's that's. There's a Star Wars game coming out next year. Are you sure that that? Hold on, I'm gonna look that up because that's Whatever. one of the games I was talking about. Okay, if that's not it, another game's coming out. It's not. It's not Battlefront. It's it's gonna be a a a triple A AAA console title. That's coming out. We have Galaxy's Edge coming out. We have the another thing that 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 was announced in the last week: the Vader Immortal or whatever it is, the VR experience that David S. Goyer is doing. That's going to be very similar to the Secrets of the Empire virtual reality thing you can experience at different spots over the globe. There's going to be so much of this that I don't know how much of it's going to be trailblazing or how much of it's going to be derivative in the sense of what Zenger's getting at. We don't know the trajectory they're taking. I think there is a, an approach now, much how I mentioned in previous episodes, where you can kind of you can pinpoint the genesis date for a lot of these ideas. Like I've said with the Marvel MCU films, most of those start getting written about two years before they're eventually released. Like I've said, if you like uh, Age of Ultron was clearly written in 2013 when they were going through the Iron Man three drama. Of, of the Mandarin, and you can tell very clearly that all the films they released in 2015 were very safe, uh, circle-the-wagon type films. And then you can tell back in 2014, when you got the more, cra- uh, the more oh, I don't want to say exotic, but more outside-the-box films like Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, two years earlier they had the success of the Avengers, so they felt more emboldened to do things that weren't the norm. Again, it's 2019, when all this stuff comes out, whether it be the books, movies, video games theme park stuff a lot of this was starting to be or starting to manifest itself in probably early 2017 and this was right after rogue one was coming out and rogue one was a great second wind after the mammoth success of the force awakens i would imagine that when you start looking at what lucasfilm is you notice that we the reason why too we haven't or the reason why i think that we haven't gotten any announcements of what lucasfilm is doing post-2019, like I said, we have all this stuff coming out in 2019 Star Wars related, yet as of January 1st, 2020, there is nothing on the docket. We're going to have this insane uh, just uh, content upon content of Star Wars stuff next year, yet come 2020 it comes to a screeching halt. And I think a lot of that is, Last Jedi comes out, there is a backlash. I still think you, you couldn't you couldn't fit the backlash, or it wouldn't this backlash wouldn't fill a, a phone booth if you tried. I know a lot of you out there don't like Last Jedi, but I don't think it's enough to really affect anything one way or the other. But I think it spooked them. I think the one-two punch of the division of the, the divisive reaction to the Last Jedi combined with Solo's lackluster or outright bombing at the box office, I think has scared them to, to a serious degree. Everything that comes out in 2019, I, it's too late. They can't do anything with it. It's kind of like 
Justice League with Batman versus Superman. It was already the, the wheels are already in motion, so you can't really do anything. All you can kind of do is just kind of grit your teeth and close your eyes and put your best foot forward. I think come 2020, you're going to see Star Wars change from where it's currently going as of now. Last October, EA shattered Dark Space Studios Visceral, but it kept one project alive, a new story-driven Star Wars adventure helmed by the Uncharted creator Amy Henning. Developing Development was to continue at EA Vancouver, but it looks like Amy that might no longer be the case. Speaking with Eurogamer, she has uh, said that she's left the company in January. This came out in June of 2018, by the way, this article yeah, is, currently, cool. is currently um, in the process of forming her own studios. It looks like she's building up a small team to potentially focus on VR projects. I'm doing stuff, working on all kinds of things, she says. But as for the Uncharted-like Star Wars adventure, it's appar- it appears that the development has stalled. And there is now a very different game in the works. I'm not, she says, I'm not doing anything with Star Wars. And and then she continues, and you know that, and uh, I can never read. And who knows what the future may hold. But the project is on the shelves now. The Vancouver studio is working on something pretty different. It's really not, you know, once you go more open world, it's such a different game to the one we were making. Everyone loved what we were doing, and I'd love to see us resurrect that somehow, but it's complicated. Well, I think, if I remember correctly, now that you kind of jog a memory, I think it went from being a single-player game to being a multiplayer. That's something that's possible. There also is the, um, with the ongoing struggles with Battlefront 2, ha ha ha, how relevant that term is right now, and the sting that comes from the cancellation of 1313, which, by the way, that like got canceled, I think, like, what? That's almost two years ago now, right? 1313 was canceled, like, in 2013. It was canceled within, I think, a year of the Disney sale. Okay, I know it's been, and I'm, I love how that's still a just rough sore. It's been roughly, it's been a rough year for players looking to explore a galaxy far, far away. But there's at least some good news on the horizon. Titanfall Studios respawned. Respawn, oh man, I really can't talk, teased a single-player game called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, that's the the only, one, yeah, Fallen Order, that's the one that comes out next year. Yeah, I was about to say, it's put, it says it's expected to launch next year. The only thing we've gotten from that game, though, has been the name, and that Respawn was working on it. Well, there, there was a, I, I, God, I think this was like maybe 2015. So there, I read the complete Verge article on that, because I'm like, I swore they canceled that game, or that it was basically... It wasn't canceled. It was just put into some limbo thing, which you might as well be like, yeah, it's done. Well, I know I know the Respawn game is a lightsaber game. Because I know back like in 2015, there was like a, look what we're doing. And like, you saw the- them fighting with lightsabers, yeah. and nobody knew what that had anything to do with. Yeah. That's, Except for I- that Respawn was doing it, and everyone's like basically shitting their pants going, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, again, they're like, all- oh, it's nothing, don't worry about it, it's cool. Well, also, that was that announcement or that video was kind of caught in the black hole, which was the the hype for The Force Awakens. Like, think about it. Like, the, the first full-fledged trailer for The Force Awakens came out in Celebration 2015. 
And so something like that just kind of gets lost in lost in the the excitement so. for the Force Awakens. And and I think that's I think there's a lot of stuff that that could be its own episode one day. Is the the all the stuff that was kind of caught in the uh, the maw of the Force Awakens. Some solo jargon in there for you, but uh, no, I, I again going back to Zenger's point of Disney's. I, can, I don't think it's mis. I, it's funny. It, everybody says Disney is mishandling Star Wars, and it's like okay, then somebody give me the textbook I, definition of handling Star Wars. Well, properly. See, here's the thing. I was going to say I don't want anyone to get confused and be like, oh, Zinger's on a hate train or something. It's I'm not saying they're mishandling. It. I'm saying they could be handling a lot of stuff better and doing a lot more, but. It's a double-edged sword, which I don't need. It, it, given given me being put in the same position, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be but, like, give them, give them what they want. Oh, it's more of the same. Then make something new. It's too different. I don't know. But do but, a little bit of both. It it lost a ton of money. God dang it. <laughs> but no. But like going back to your point though, is that like I, this is not just for Zanger, but for anybody out there that says not my Star Wars or. Disney is driving Star Wars. And by the way, I'm not saying that. No, he's I'm not making it. I'm making it very clear that I'm not trying to be like this is. They're doing an awful. It's just I feel they could do more, and they're not. Well, but but my question is to you and our audience and anybody okay. out there and, and the not must Star Wars people. Someone please define for me what handling Star Wars properly looks like because. We, we, Lucas, just in the last year, has now become popular again in the Star Wars fan base. Uh, from from 1997 until 2012, he was the most hated man in Star Wars. And and now, with uh, re- revisionist history, people hate Return of the Jedi. I know back with all the uh, Rest in Peace Gary Kurt stuff, people were going back to his quotes from Lucas during, I think, 81 or 82, where Gary Kurtz like, Lucas started to uh, uh, turn his back on uh, uh, artistic integrity and started to put the toy companies forward. And it's like, well, yeah, it was his company. He could do whatever, whatever he wanted with it. Like, I don't get these people, again, these armchair quarterbacks of the Star Wars fan base where it's like, I, I could do better. And again, Zenger's not saying that for the 15th time. No, I, now I, just, I just said exactly what I would do. If I was in the same situation, I'd be like, well, give them what they want. And then I get the... The returns back, and they'd be like, yeah, they they hated that. Okay, well, fine, give them this then. And then it's like, because, I mean, that's the thing. I would probably be in the same seat as them. I would probably have been like, well, we gave them something new with with Last Jedi, and nobody liked that. Let's give them something familiar with Solo, which is a little bit of both. And oh, even though I still to this day say that the biggest flaw in that movie is that it was doomed to fail from the beginning. Well, with, with 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 the marketing and everything, and just just everything that happened with it, it, it was doomed, in my opinion, to to falter heavily. Well, like I said, that's there's a lot of reasons why uh, Solo uh, uh, bombed the way it did. There's many reasons why, but no, I, I I just think the fact of the the armchair quarterbacking, it's like we we don't know what an ideal handling of Star Wars looks like. It doesn't exist. There's there, there's no there's no uh, time period of the Star Wars fandom where we can point to it and say this is when Star Wars operated efficiently. That doesn't exist because no, only, it doesn't. And that and that's why when everybody does say these things like oh Disney should be doing this, like Disney doesn't know how to operate Star Wars efficiently. No no film studio knows how to perpetually stay successful. That it's just it's it's more or less unattainable. The only one so far that you could point to maybe 
could be the Marvel MCU. That so far, and even that, as we've discussed in previous episodes, had its own faults. Again, look at Captain America: The First Avenger. That movie couldn't even gross three. I think that did three hundred and sixty-three million worldwide just seven years ago. Nobody knows what they're doing. Like everybody, like likes to crap on Kathleen Kennedy, and it's like, folks, Kathleen Kennedy's a human being just like you and I. She's trying to make these decisions, whereas someone, like, people like Zenger and I are kind of just, we're at least diehard fans, so we have our, and plus we're removed from the, the, the Hollywood bubble. We put our ears to the ground, and we probably get a better read on these situations than she does from a, a fan perspective. But think about what Kathleen Kennedy does. Kathleen Kennedy becomes CEO of Lucasfilm in 2012. Probably within three months of her job, she probably requests a bunch of focus group studies saying, what do what do the people want when it comes to Star Wars? She's probably given uh, probably a, a hundred page report saying these are the these are the key areas that people want to hear from. Like Zenger said, a, they want uh, obviously episode seven. You have things. OK, what do they want? They want spinoff films. Well, who are those focus on? And they have, a, they have a short list, probably Han Solo, Yoda, Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they figure, okay, a Yoda one, would, eh, people aren't going to take that seriously. Well, how do you do a Boba Fett solo movie? The guy barely talks, and we don't know much about him. Eh, that's probably hard, too. You know what's easy? Cast a young Han Solo. And, and that's what it is. The market – think about when she probably had the information about what people want for these films was probably given to her in early 2013, and we don't get the solo film until mid-2018. So like, again, like how Zenger and I are talking now – like let's say, again, Z let's say Zenger is the head of Lucasfilm right now. Congratulations, Zenger. You are now succeeding Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, my God. Everything's on fire. <laughs> Someone why put out the, those fires? Why, why is the fountain of Yoda on fire in the courtyard? Uh, uh, so and let's say Zenger does order a, Okay, Zenger, you're the head of Lucasfilm. What do you do with Dash Rendar? Well, let me see here. If I'm the head of Lucasfilm and they're like, hey, we need to do something, what about this character, Dash Rendar? I look at a picture of him. I go, more pockets on his stuff. Make it more 90s. Then I go, actually, in reality... What we should do with him is could we get a TV show based around, you know, like the underworld and have him maybe be one of our lead protagonists. He's a Han Solo type, so people like Han Solo, but he doesn't have all the baggage that Han Solo does. All right. So when you do that, though, unfortunately, you can't just pitch it that way. You, have, you need because you need let's say you need a hundred, you want to do a seventy five million dollar budget for this. Yeah. So you need to get this approved by the board, uh, the board of directors. So you when you go to them, you have to have research saying this is a show people want. You can't shoot from the hip. You, ha you oh, have to okay. go. So you, I got to show that. You have to prove that this. what what the idea you just pitched is something that people want to watch. You can't just say, oh, he has no baggage, so the, the angry man babies on the computer won't complain about this. You, and that's, that's what I'm trying to say. So when, Bob, so when Kathleen Kennedy produ uh, produces her budget for Lucasfilm for the next two years, and she has everything – why? okay, we're going to do an Episode 7 movie. We're going to do a, a, a spinoff film about the capture of the Death Star plans, and you have to explain why each of these things is going to be made. It's, again, you need an explanation. So when these all these things are budgeted, how many years in advance, people's opinions change. Like we talk about how just look at the Star Wars fan base. Uh, everybody was just enamored with the idea of an episode seven, a Luke Skywalker, all this. 
and now uh, the war, the character of Luke Skywalker is not want to say mud, but it's kind of like that's a controversial topic now in Star Wars. Han Solo is controversial because even though people didn't really hate Solo, it kind of I don't want to say tarnished Han Solo as a character. But now that you've thrown this Alden Ehrenreich version of the character out there, it in a way it devalues the mystique of the Han Solo or the the Harrison Ford version of the character. So you do have these things where, like, let's say for it's like the like what happened with the spinoff films, where the rumor went around that they were canceling all the spinoff films when they originally planned all these back in 2013. Because keep in mind, Lucasfilm did not do anything in 2013. Like Disney buys them in 2012. They uh, the principal photography for Force Awakens didn't start until like mid 2014. So for a solid 18 months, they did nothing but just have meetings. That's all they did was have meetings. And a lot of this with the guy they- sitting there thumbing is going, what if um, Lando has a robot? <laughs> well, you laugh, but that's that's exactly what happens. Like look, look at like Ryan. Just gonna do it the rest of this episode. Is, is my new gimmick is Pitchman Zinger of that guy that's just always sitting back in the corner and just sits there and leans back and goes, "What about this?" <laughs> oh dear. But no, you're not wrong though. Your, your characterization of that sort of boardroom meeting is not exactly. Wrong. I want that job. I want that, I want that, that perfect person for that job. Is <laughs> I take or- everyone's ideas. Mentally tell them it's all garbage and then blurt out one thing that everyone just goes, yeah, yeah. How about, how about, and then how about, guess what? When someone gets blamed for it, it won't be me because they'll be like, they'll be like why'd this go so bad? Oh, well, Bob and Jim and Hazel over there were discussing this whole thing and it led me to my idea. But if they hadn't been wasting all their time talking about this, we would have never have gotten there. I'm going to go get coffee. Zenger always steals Hazel's ideas. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> I, it's funny. Jim, Bob, and Hazel. It's like, which one of these names doesn't belong? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, that was a very I, unique I, name choice. No, it, I was seriously like, I need a not, I need a female name because I don't want to get pegged. And just for some reason, maybe I've been watching 30 Rock, but Hazel popped in because oh, Hazel, okay. what's her name? Sure. Uh, but no, I, I think that's the reason why you're – again, it's like with any uh, multinational, multi-billion-dollar corporation. When they change – when things change or they change their mind, it takes years to see the final result. Like if you didn't like The Last Jedi and Solo, you're not going to oh, see the, the effects of those changes for another two years. And that's why you haven't gotten any concrete plans on the the Benioff and Wise Star Wars stuff, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, is because I I think they don't want. Is it even still happening? In. We don't know. No, I think you're going to see. I, I think at this point they, they won't let Ryan Johnson go because they want to prove a point. Like especially now this this weird theory that he's putting out there, the fact that the Russian trolls were trying to uh uh what's the word tarnish the, or they were amplifying the negative vibe for uh, last jedi online i don't think they're gonna get rid of ryan johnson i think they have a point uh, a point to prove they might let him have that i think he might not get his trilogy i wouldn't be surprised if they have him condense his trilogy into one film and that's it 
don't know. That's just a theory I have right now based on that. I think you're gonna get the, I think Ryan Johnson will have one more Star Wars film. And I think that'll be it. I don't think he's getting that trilogy of his. And I think after that, that one film is is made, I, it's gonna be called Bye Bye Ryan. Because I think it, it, it's it's weird thing. They they want to get rid of him, but they don't want the the bad PR of dumping him because they don't want to show that man babies on the computer will get their way if they complain loud enough. But no, I do think that you're you're. It's again, it's like what happened to DCEU. It's like the DCEU has gone through three or four different uh, executive changes. Yeah, the problem and, yeah, is it's that it's still going in the same direction almost. Well, it's pro- slightly veering. Well, the problem though is that like okay, Batman versus Superman comes out in 2016. The executive suite for that gets wiped out in the fallout for that film. Okay, that happens. Then Justice, so that's what a year and a half later, you have Justice League, and the people who were making decisions in the interim, their films aren't even out yet. Their films are still in production. Like things like like the people who decide. It's funny, um, right after the people who uh, greenlit Shazam were the ones that were put in charge after Batman versus Superman's uh, 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 middling box office, but before Justice League bombing. And yet, when Justice League bombed, the executive suite got cleaned out again, yet that was unfortunate because the people who got fired or got demoted weren't even the ones that decided on what happened with that film. So it's like, it's, you can't do that. It's just a, it's a sacrificial firing. And that's kind of what's – it's not happening with Star Wars right now, but it's kind of like, oh, Disney – instead of firing people, Disney is just being very close to the to the vest with this, where they're not going to announce these things three years in advance anymore. It's going to be a – we're going to announce this stuff uh, six – probably six to 18 months in advance. It's going to be like Resistance. It's going to be – I remember we were joking about that there was no advertising for Resistance, like, what was it, in, like, mid to late July? We're like, oh, we have a brand new show coming out, we know literally nothing about it. And I think Disney has realized that the longer you put these things out in the public sphere, people are going to find ways to just attack it. Again, like, like we joke about the fact that we had the Star Wars drought, and, like, what are we going to talk about for for how many weeks? People like Mike Zero... uh, his lifestyle, his income is dependent on having Star Wars content to dissect. So when he doesn't have uh, pictures of the main character from The Mandalorian to discuss, he's going to make up something like Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy are going to be fired. And guess what? That's going to start festering in the Star Wars fan community. Because then, as we've already discussed in previous episodes, you have the, the two factions starting to, to, to attack each other. And and I think uh, like John Justice from my Neuroworld has brought up. If you listen to his podcast, he said that like, he's like sometimes Lucasfilm just needs to get uh, ahead of a lot of this. They need to get out in front of it, and even if it's very minimal, if something like John Justice pr- uh, proposed, something like the Star Wars show, I think about it, it runs every week. Every week, just have like like ha- do like what they were doing with the Russo brothers with Infinity War. Where like once a week they take like a shot. I think it was like on, they put it on your Instagram account or maybe it was Twitter. I forget which one. Like like a really just like either a close up shot or a very like abstract f- something from the production of Infinity War and just have something for the fans to chew on. Like I think that's one thing they have not learned. Lucasfilm is that they don't know how to control the fans when there's nothing going on. 
Like, for example, if you go on Twitter right now, if all, if it's all you're going to find on any of the Star Wars sites is the Mandalorian thing. And that's great. But they're hitting us with all this information at once. I think there needs to be a constant trickle of new information, just enough that it keeps us distracted and it keeps the Mike Zeros and the 800 just I hate Star Wars YouTube accounts at bay. Because anytime there's a silence, people are going to start airing their disgruntled opinions. Um, what if we give uh, Dave Filoni another TV show, but then cancel it two seasons <laughs> before it's done? But then when we cancel it, offer him a new show. Are there wolves in it? Yeah, that's up to him. Hold on. Cut to in his room. Uh, hey, Dave, what if we put wolves in this scene? <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think Dave Filoni would have to be pitched on having <laughs> wolves in a project. <laughs> No, see, he has to, I think at this point, he has to have somebody else throw the idea out there now. Oh, so he doesn't get, he, so it's not like, it's just always him that has to put these yeah. things in there? Yeah, it's, it, it has to be somebody else, which once again, I'm your man, Dave Filoni. Get me in that office. Have like a, you pull on your ear twice, you want the wolves thing dropped. I'm <laughs> like your to, inside guy for that. I like to imagine that like uh, there's going to be like uh, the Zenger equivalent of like close encounters of the third kind where Richard Dreyfus like leaves his family behind to like go gallivant with the aliens. It's going to be like that. But for Zenger, it's going to be he's going to abandon his family to be an executive at Lucasfilm <laughs> or just, you know, on television somewhere. <laughs> cable access. Oh, yeah. Does cable access even exist anymore? Sure. Or has the internet just basically like taken the mantle from him, just where crazy people go to yell and scream? I guess. You're the TV person here. I figured I, 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 I don't even know. All right, Zanger. Who do who do we tweet to find out what happened to cable access? Um, Sesame Street. Okay, good. Okay, uh, children's workshop. We'll tweet to them right now. We'll let you know a week from now if we get a response. But no, like Zanger's like back to Zanger's original point with some of these characters. I think it'd be fun to see some of them reincorporated back in. But I think after Thrawn, I think Thrawn's really the only example of taking a very prominent EU character and well, bringing as them... Now. As of now. Yeah, but there's, is there anything even on the horizon of bringing back a major character in that sort of way? Maybe. Okay, Zanger, thought experiment. All right. What other characters are there in the EU that are at a Thrawn level where you could bring them back and it would be a, a, a massive thing in the Star Wars fan community. Thrawn level, not like like uh, Gonk Droid A321 that that was somewhere like like uh, they, they, they tried to do that with like Tag and Bank and they got cut ass solo. I'm not talking about like background care or like secondary. I mean like Mara Jade or Dash Rendar level. How many uh, characters are there in EU that, that you could really pull from in that sort of way? If you give me a second, I got my big old Star Wars book over there. All right. Well, Zenger pulls out his big old Star Wars book and thumbs through it. You know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute myself because there's going to be a lot of crashing in about five seconds. Good, good. I look forward to uh, not having to edit it out. So while Zenger can, uh, goes and looks for his book, I'm going to rant and rave. There are only a handful of characters that you could do in that sort of way. Again, like we, like Mary J, Dash Rendar, Darth Revan, maybe Darth Malak from from uh, uh, Malgus from the Old Republic uh, MMO RPG. It's really 
it, there's only so many characters you can do that for because I think the further you start to delve back into those sort of like uh, Hallmark Legends characters, you are going to disenfranchise new Star Wars fans. Like we talk about new Star Wars fans and we think like, oh, you have like little Johnny and Janie who are six years old. Or in Zenger's case, little Johnny and Hazel who are getting into the Star Wars fan base. That's going to haunt me. Yes, it is. I like that. I like the fact that Hazel is just a name you came up with. Not Sarah, not uh, uh, Rebecca, it's Hazel. But I think, like, we look at Star Wars fans, like, new Star Wars fans getting into it, and there are Star Wars fans that aren't just kids that are getting into it. I would imagine there's probably 30-year-old people that are, like, that were aware of Star Wars casually back during the prequel era that are now really getting into it. Or there are, like, 17-year-olds that are really getting into it. I think that's what's happening. I think if you do bring a character back like Revan, like I'm not that familiar with Revan. I've never played Knights of the Old Republic. I, I, I know a little bit about Revan, but I think if you, to the uninitiated, if you bring a character like that back, it's going to be like, oh, another character I have to do research on. And I think that's one thing going forward. Disney wants people to be able to get into Star Wars without requiring research yeah and that's the other thing is the i mean i i know from being a marvel fan all the times that they do the exact same crap where it's like we don't want to have people have to sit there and deal with you know years and years of backlog bs and everything because they're not caught up with everything going on with spider-man or whatever's going on with this so we keep making these reset points where people can just pick up and start yeah, and I know Marvel's been doing that a lot lately. Bright Zanger, they've been having a lot of reset points. Mm-hmm. DC has too, for their yeah. stuff. Just because there's new people and everything. But yeah, they're trying to get people on the ground floor, and entertainment shouldn't come with a textbook. It's like, again, I think the perfect example of that is Maul in Solo. Like, you get people into Solo, and even though it's really fun for people like us to see Maul, it that really disenfranchised a lot of casual fans. And but what I they think were probably expecting is everyone's going to go back. Oh, hold on. Wait, sorry. Um, what if we have, uh, Maul? Yeah. How, how about Maul? Um, why don't we use him at the end of solo? Uh, why? Um, cause then people would be interested in possibly watching that TV show. We canceled that Dave Filoni was doing. We gave him another one. There's going to be wolves in that one, too, isn't there? <laughs> okay, okay here, here's a question. I, I enjoy you. having the one-sided conversation. Yes. Okay, Zanger, here's a question for you. Out of these two choices, why did Maul get put at the end of Solo? Because they wanted to pat people on the heads who had watched Clone Wars and Rebels? Or the other reason, like you mentioned, they figured it would make people go back and watch it. That had never like seen it before. I think they were trying to get people to go back and watch it. I would like to think that's the way they went at it, but it backfired on them, I think, to an extent in the end. I was rewatching Solo on Blu-ray the other day, and I kind of, like, you know, I loved it in the theater. I go back and I rewatch that moment now, and I still love it, but I'm like, that was a really, really ballsy Out of left decision. Field. Yeah. Like I like I love how just again I love how bonkers it is as a decision. It's like, like again they could have very easily done something like Vader or Snoke or or Tarkin or for whatever maybe Krennic. 
they could have done something like that. If they Krennic would have been the weirdest one out of all of those, by the way. Well, so been like, but, but why? Well, it adds it adds another dimension. It just adds another dimension. It could have been Jabba. Like it could have been something like that, where it's just like something. There's so many low hanging fruit options for like just easily knowable characters to layman, and yet they picked Darth Maul, who most people are aware of. Even like the most casual of Star Wars fans can spot him or pick him out of a lineup. I think that's a really weird decision. I think that was a like where I I don't. I don't believe the. I know they've always said like the Vader thing in Rogue One was a last minute decision. I don't I, believe that. I, I think that was big. That, I believe that there was an original shot things where it was going to be Vader. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think because that was remember that was the rumor for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, the, the, they saw him on set. The whole backstory of it is that the Empire's actually running a lot of the cartels and stuff to keep their finger on the pulse of it. That makes sense. Like I was trying to say with uh, Rogue One and the Vader thing, like they've always said that Vader at the end of Rogue One was like a last minute decision. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that the Vader Rogue One scene, I, or the one at the end, I, I think that was baked in from the probably the initial story treatment. I, I do not believe for a second that was added in at like three, like three or four months before the film was going to be released. Whereas with the Maul thing, I like we agreed. I think that was a, a last minute decision. She never refers to him as Darth Maul. No, she doesn't refer to she doesn't refer to anyone. But the same, but that's the weird thing with this solo movie is it's trying to figure out. Oh, when did they decide that? Was that decided during Lord and Miller's reign? Was that decided during Ron Howard's reign? Was that decided during the reshoots they were doing, like at the end of February? It's it's the whole idea of. I don't know. You think I have all the the press interviews that Amelia Clark did for that film? There'd be one entertainment journalist who was like, was there ever a script given to you where you refer to the character that you're talking to? Like, were you ever told on set uh, from the first she time? Saw, I guarantee you she signed something saying, do not ever speak of this. No, no, because they were, I know with Tandy Newton, they asked her about like all the, because no, they couldn't escape it. The, the, the Lord Miller stuff, it, it's there. Like, like, it wasn't like what they did to Gareth Edwards where they kind of took him out back and they shot him. Yeah. And nobody really was aware of that. With with the Lord Miller, there was no escaping it. Like Lord Miller have a higher profile than Gareth Gareth Edwards does. So like take you know, that Gareth Edwards, folks. If you know, like, I'm pretty sure at this point Gareth Edwards' pictures on like the side of milk cartons. And that man has not been had has not been seen since the red carpet premiere of Rogue One. If you see him, please let us know. We're concerned about his safety. Very, very. I think out of all those interviews, someone should have asked her, like, oh, what was the thing about this? Like, I would love to see the shooting script for Solo. I know there's a making of Solo book coming out, I think, sometime next spring, which is really odd considering that we haven't gotten a making of book for Force Awakens, so, um, Force Awakens, Rogue One, or Last Jedi. It's really weird they're starting off this making of book series again ever since um, the original trilogy books with Solo. That's so weird. And I doubt it's going to be any more forthcoming with the problems of that than we already know. I, I just, I, I think Zenger said they're, they're going to try to keep a lip. Now that it's out there, they're going to just, I think Solo now is just going to be left to die a dog's death. Poor, poor old Nairnreich. That poor guy now has been branded as, as a failure. Not for any, not for any lack, just the fact that that film was built on, it was, was positioned around him. And the fact, and again, it's not, it's not his fault, obviously, as we've agreed that's the marketing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
don't know. But anyway, though, back to things. Sanger, have you gone through your book and found any characters? Uh, Prince Zizor. I'm just on Dash Rendar kick. I just realized. I was like, wait a second. He's not a Mary Jade level character, though. Mary Jade, though, was right beside him in the book, though. All right. Prince, yeah, maybe. Prince Caesar, maybe. I don't I, think about it. You, you go on Twitter and Facebook groups. No one talking about Prince Caesar. That is not a character on anybody's like top five wish list for characters to be reintegrated with the, with the new canon. What was this book published? This book, oh, uh, let's see here. The Ultimate Visual Guide from 2005. Oh, uh, okay. So we're, okay, so we're talking <laughs> almost 15 years. Okay. Yes. I know uh, they did a new visual guide, I think like in 2016, that had a little bit of everything in it. it they, they probably did, but uh, Mark isn't here to talk about it, so I apologize. No. I'm I, just trying to think about characters they could reincorporate. I, I think you're I, again. I think you're get Mary Jade at some point. I think uh, a strong-willed female character. I think that's a no-brainer. That's that, that's coming at some point. Yeah. Whether they whether they try to redress her or something else beyond the Emperor's hand, I, I think the dilemma they have with Mary Jade is something very similar to what was like the problems they had with like Black Panther trying to get a Black Panther movie off the ground for so many years. Was just like okay, how do we make a movie? about a bunch of tribal Africans or a tribal African country without being called racist. Cause like a, a black Panther made a black Panther movie made in 2007 is a vastly different film than when we would have got that we got this year. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reason why we haven't gotten Mara Jade is that uh, so much of Mara Jade's identity is tied into being, uh, is her being Luke Skywalker's wife. And I think, never mind the fact that they clearly uh, divorced Luke Skywalker's character uh, in the canon from what he was in EU. I think if they made her a wife of any character, I, I think you'd have a very loud contingent of the fan base that would say, how dare you take this strong-willed, independent female character and make them someone's wife? Yet, at the same time, you are... Think about it, that was one of the biggest things with Mary Jane in the EU is the fact that she was fighting her nephew, Darth Cadus, Jason Solo... I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I, I, or I don't think they know how to do that. And considering they, they have their, they're more interested in making new characters. They're not going to worry about that right now. I think with other characters too, like with Dash, like Dash Rendar, I think they have a hard time. I know, as I've said before, Pablo Hidalgo, the story from what he's alluded to, I, who knows if Pablo speaks for the entire story group from what he's alluded to though. Uh, there is very strong content and disdain for Dash Rendar. Every time he, Tweet something nasty about Dash Rendar. Every single reply is, "Yeah, you tell him." I think that's why they probably went with Thrawn because Thrawn was the most easiest character. I think out of all those uh, uh, superstars of the EU, Thrawn has the least amount of baggage. You, you, you know who else doesn't? Star Killer. Yes, he does. He's too overpowered. I said you don't have to make him that powerful. It's ridiculous. And, but that's part of his identity. You take that away from him. That's what he's known for. Character. He's still an interesting character, in my opinion. Describe his character to me, without using the term overpowered. What's his character traits? Is he a funny guy? Is he brave? Is he is he a scoundrel like Han Solo? Is he noble like Luke? Okay, Thanks. so 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 he's Kylo Ren. Damn it! Star Killer isn't a character. That's the problem. He's he's a. Uh, 
uh, he's a video game character. He's he's a blank avatar for you to walk into the universe of the Force Unleashed games. He's, he's not a character. He's overpowered and is the perfect outlet for the player. Exactly. That that's why you're never going to get Star Killer. I I, I think at one point they're well, I think Dave Floating said they were going to make him an Inquisitor. That would have been cool. Like just and like I said, he doesn't have to be overpowered. Just make him just mention like have a character named Dale Merrick. I'd even be happy with that. So if you okay, let's take for, let's say for example that in the let's uh, say Zinger gets what he wants, would he be happy? Zach well, okay, there. I'm going to give Zinger a very specific scenario of that. Let's say for example the season two finale of Rebels, okay. where you have them all on the te- temple on Malachor. Yeah, remember there was remember that third Inquisitor that, that had the mask the entire time that we never got to see his face. Yeah, what would you do if we saw that that character? We didn't get to see his face. But he talked very similar to Sam Witwer, and he had the two red lightsabers, uh, or, or one of them, and he was holding it like in that backwards way that like he did in the games, and like Ahsoka did. Well, if you just saw that, and he was used for one ep- or one or two episodes, and that was it, would you be happy? I kind of would, because then it would be the whole spam- fan speculation of did we actually get him or not. It would be a cool like. You know, I want to know more about that character. Oh, okay. Okay, but he's an inquis... Okay, let's just say, for example, that in the credits or that next day on Rebels Recon, uh, Andy Gutierrez says that was Galen Merrick. Let's just say... Let's say they very casually just say that's who it was. He, We see him, he's an Inquisitor, and he gets killed at the end of the episode. That's it. That's, that's, that's the entire character. Would I be happy? <sighs> No, that's a no. If you were happy with it, yes. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to piece it together because I'm like, I, I could be kind of happy in the sense of I'd get something. It's but, not, then okay. it's, but then it's like, well, I know they're going to do comics. They're going to do other stuff. No, hopefully. Well, no. It'd be, okay, for, for this scenario, there's no comics. It's, it's He's a throwaway character. So look at it this way. I'm going to try to, and tell me if I'm wrong, I'm going to put words in your mouth for a second. It would you'd be content with the fact that the character got brought back, but it wouldn't be ideal. He's doing the face thing with the pencil, folks. Just to let oh. you know. I can see it, but you can't. What if we disappoint Zinger at the end of this episode? Because we prove that Zach's right, and Zinger can't say anything back to him because he's made a very good point. I think that's the dilemma because I you're not I think with any of the Legends EU characters, I don't think you're gonna get them exactly transposed from their EU no, media. Because it's I said you can't do it because you will have your cake and eat it too, and that's impossible to do. Well, I, I think I think Thrawn's the perfect example of that. They could have very easily done an animated like especially like a TV animated movie, whatever you want to call it. They could have done the Thrawn trilogy. As a movie, you get voice actors. You don't need you don't need to bring Harrison Ford or Carrie Fisher if she was still alive. Or maybe you could do Mark Hamill. He might want to do it. Who knows? But well, he's a wild card, so who knows? They could very they could right now they could announce at Star Wars Celebration 2019. Hey guys, for the Disney streaming service, we are going to do three two-hour animated long movies of the Thrawn trilogy. Something something happens. Thrawn comes back from the unknown regions. We have no idea what happens to Ezra. I'll just leave him at this for the time being. And we are going to give you the Thrawn trilogy, the heir to the Empire. Uh, I, I forget what the other two are called. 
we are oh, going. The, one of them, I think, the last one was called The Last Command. I forget. Or no, uh, Air of the Empire, Dark Rising, and I think the last one's The Last Command. The second one, I don't remember what it's called. And let's say they get that to us. They could they could do that tomorrow if they wanted to. Every two to three months they'll release one. So like January 2021, you'll get Air to the Empire. March 2021, you'll get the second chapter. And then May 2021, you're going to get the third one. They could do that tomorrow. You could this. You give us. You could you could tweak some things here or there. The Thrawn trilogy, but you could do that tomorrow. It would not interfere with canon. And yet they won't do that. They will, I could. I be. I be. I'd be willing to bet you everything. They will never do that. Just because they just that's not part of their business plan. They do not want to transpose old stories into the new. I just thought of another thing that they've done recently, and then it went back out of my mind. Like I had it, and then it left immediately. That's what it was. It was Rebel. It was um. It was Rebels. The fact that the um. I can't remember his name right now, but he is based off of artwork that they did for Chewbacca. Oh, Zeb. Yeah, Zeb. See, stuff like that's cool to me. Like I as a like I guess that's what I'm getting at is why don't they go back and do more of that? Here's the problem though. I'm wrong instantly because the new version of the X-wings, the new version of the X-wings is basically the original versions of the X, the original artwork form where they were half circled engines and stuff. The original concept art. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Okay. This is going to be kind of the last thing we delve on or delve into before we kind of wrap this up. Zanger's not wrong here. He, He can think he's wrong if he wants, but he's not wrong. But what it ultimately boils down to, it's a matter of preference I, I know some people love the idea of recycling old stuff. It's also very cost effective to recycle old stuff. I remember back with all the rebel stuff and like Zenger mentioned with the X-Wings from the force awakens, a lot of it's McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie recycled concept art. I do not like that. I do not. I know some people just think that's fantastic. And I don't think it's, it's like, Oh, something that wasn't good enough for George Lucas in 1976 is somehow good for star Wars in 2015. I, I don't get that mindset. It's kind of like what, again, like we discussed with the Mandal- the Mandalorian thing. It's like star Wars 1313 wasn't good enough in 2013, but for some reason it's good for us in 2019. I don't get it. Like, you know what? If, if you're going to do new Star Wars, I want new. Give me Star Wars that's of this moment, not recycled, half baked ideas from half a decade ago. But it's a matter of preference at the end of the day. I want my Star Wars firmly entrenched in the time period it's being made in. Like The Last Jedi, for example. I want postmodernism in Star Wars because that's what's going through our minds in 2017. I do not want recycled stuff from from how many years ago just because it's it's easy like like that's the thing about art art shouldn't be easy i i guess maybe i'm naive for thinking that way but that's just i guess that's my matter of preference on this no i'm gonna drop my pencil um no you make good i i said i just wanted out of this discussion and kind of went round and round but i i think it got its point across to a lesser extent I mean, you didn't know. I thought this was a good topic once once it got fleshed out properly. Yeah, I yeah. Like, it, it was one of those things that when you were asking me about, I'm like, I'm like in my mind, I'm like this is hard to explain, but I think he'll get it once we get going. It's it's one of those things to where that's why I didn't want to say, oh, it's me hating on Star Wars because it's like, oh, we've done that, but it's like I'm I'm hating on it in a different way. It's I feel like there's so much there, but I feel like it's not getting used, and it's almost like I wish someone else would get to play with those toys, but. They won't let us. 
Well, I think well, the I think the correct title for this is "What Could Disney Be Doing Better?" Yeah, I don't think it's like got Disney screwing up because I don't. I think again, like when no, you're they're not. Sc- that that's the thing. Like I said earlier, if you had me in that same situation, I guarantee you, I'd be making the exact same decisions because it would be, "Hey, we gave them they, we gave them something they liked. They loved it. Awesome. Well, let's try to do something different." Okay, no one liked that. All right, well, let's try to do something that's a mixture of both. All right, they really didn't like that. I don't know what to do at this point, people. Well, I think the one thing we can take away from what's going on right now with Lucasfilm is that I think they've learned that they're never going to be able to appease the fans. That and that's what you need 40... to understand. No, no, wait, 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 okay. wait. No, not the fans. They're not going to be able to appease the fans that are 40 years and older. I think, like again, I know I've talked before about Midnight's Edge. I've actually, because again, I, I'm part of the Facebook group of Midnight's Edge, and I finally, like, I've, I've seen the two guys who are the loudest, not much Star Wars people on there. I've seen, I've seen them, like, post in the group, so I know what they look like. Uh, I guess they have very young-sounding voices. They are very clearly a 45-year-old men. It just, just, I'll give you a little thought experiment here, and it's not, it's not unilateral. It's not everybody, though. But chances are, if you see somebody online that's yelling, not much Star Wars, chances are they are a 40-plus-year-old fan. That's what they are, and I think Disney has gotten to a point where they – I think it's very evident in the choices they're making now. It's we are never going to be able to appease these fans because they're the same ones that complained about the prequels. They're the same ones now that have somehow uh, degraded uh, Return of the Jedi. I think Disney has said, you know, what the hell with you. We, we will get your money one way or the other. I think Jim brought that point up a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the thing Disney's doing. Like Disney's saying Isn't we are going. Jim one of those people, by the way, not trying to throw him under a bus. No, I, but but Jim is one of those so. rational people, though. Jim's philosophy is. No, I meant like as in he he's not a big fan of certain things, but he's rational about it. Yes, like Jim knows that Star Wars Resistance isn't tailor for made him. for him. To be fair, Star Wars Resistance isn't being tailor made for any of us on this. Anybody who's able to host a podcast. Star Wars Resistance isn't being made for you. You can still enjoy it. Like that's not to say that like oh they're they are making this project solely for children under the age of of nine. You can still enjoy it any age, but it's it's when it was the market research for a new animated kids TV Star Wars show. It was not with okay. Let's see how we can get the the thirty five to fifty five year old demo in. That that never crossed anyone's mind in the. In the marketing department for for Lucasfilm, or I guess the market research department, I think one of the biggest hurdles with Star Wars fans is lear- is learning to cope with the fact that uh, Star Wars, much like how Yoda says in the Last Jedi, the new generation in Star Wars is going to evolve past us. Like there's gonna be a there's gonna be a point in the next probably five to ten years or uh, God day week month year decade. Um, score from now where Kathleen Kennedy leaves think about it. there's going to come a point probably in the next five years where Bob Iger leaves and who knows what's going to happen then just well, saying folks it's it's it, the future is in constant motion well that's okay here's another interesting thing I want to point out real quick so I I, I, I have kids a lot of them yes um, the older two aren't super into Star Wars they they will watch it I know the younger ones probably will be, but I want to know from somebody who grew up with all of this content, how they look at all of it. 
Because technically, isn't that what's most important to Disney is the longevity of this, as in the certain people have aged out and they're giving a crap about? That topic deserves its own episode because I could it talk does. for hours about that, and we're going to save that for later. But yes, mm-hmm. Dis- Disney is trying to plant the seeds f- to create new fans. That in- the the current six year old that will be watching Star Wars Resistance next week, twenty years from now, Disney wants them hosting their own podcast, evangelizing about their product for free. But here's the other thing. It's I want to know, like, if there's someone you could time capsule, like, I don't know, a podcast or something, our opinions now versus the same people at the same point in their lives' opinions then on Star Wars who grew up in a completely different atmosphere from us. I mean, me, me, me and you are almost two different people of that thing. Jim's, t- Jim's separate from even me, too. Well, so is Mark, because Mark kind of got introduced with this in a weird time period where he was he he was aware of the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah, he really didn't get into it until the uh, the prequels. I I grew up with all this. Like I watched Star Wars from as far back as I can remember. So I mean, I grew up on all this, and I'm just indifferent to the stuff now. I'm like, I like having new Star Wars. If it's not my Star Wars, it doesn't ruin the original trilogy for me. That still exists. That still exists from beginning to end as a thing that I can go watch. Well, I think one thing that is changing about Star Wars, and it, I can see it now, is that the hype machine has changed. One of the, the, the most integral facets of Star Wars, and I really don't want to get into this now, but I'm just going to kind of flirt with it, is was the hype, was the three years of, oh man, oh man, oh man, it's coming. We don't know anything about it, but it's coming. Whereas now, we we have it in this sense where again we have the the treasure trove of riches next year but it's kind of like oh what's coming after episode nine it's like what's like, like that is a very distant and broad horizon it is and uncharted almost if you could say it's the unknown regions of star wars what what if we have zach near the uh end of the episode make a really hunting reference and then have zinger lean back and go oh man i wish i had thought of that actually to really hit it home have zinger set him up for the pun <laughs> no have, ha- have hazel set him up for the pun <laughs> have, yeah have, have hazel do it hazel is now the fifth member of the knights of vader podcast yay it's gonna be it's hazel's kind of like the new force ghost gym and that we're going to constantly be referencing her as a member of the Knights of Vader podcast. It's going to be in the, like, the masthead on like iTunes and everywhere. Nice. And it's going to be like, wait, w- when was Hazel so, involved? So so when we hit it big, since I created her, do I have intellectual rights to get the money from that? All right, Zanger, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question with another question. Can you own the intellectual property that, that doesn't exist? Damn. <laughs> that, that, that was deep. That was, that was, deep. That was, that was, that was deep. Can you own an What's intellectual prop? You know, it's reality. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the Mandalorian coming next fall to the Disney streaming service. And coming next week with me screaming about my oh. opinions. Uh, Listen and- to this week's episode because I'll be, con- I'll be contradicting statements I made, probably. It's all right. One thing I want to ask our audience before we go, I think, in the next week, Star Wars Resistance will be premiering, but next week we will have 
uh, I think we are kind of a little bit backlogged, especially with Star Wars Resistance. We're going to be backlogged with a lot of topics. Like I said, there's the Kathleen Kennedy three-year thing. There's the Ryan Johnson Russian troll story. There's the Rachel Butera in the voice mocking of Blasey Ford. There's the there's a bunch of stuff for us to kind of get caught up upon. Never mind the Mandalorian stuff. So one thing I want to ask our audience: Do you want to hear us recap or discuss every new Star Wars Resistance episode? Not like every single episode is going to be a half an hour review of the episode, but do you want to hear our thoughts on it? Because we are going to discuss the pilot or the inaugural episode. That's definitely going to happen. Come hell or high we water. Are. <laughs> yes, we have to, we we have to discuss Star Wars Resistance after how we kind of crapped on it a couple weeks ago. Okay, I have to find somebody to watch it then. I guess. Do you have Disney XD? It's on there. Yeah. Maybe. Well, if you have Disney XD, you can watch it. See what I can do. Uh, audience, let us know if you want us to cover Star Wars Resistance. If if you don't, no no worries. We might talk about it here and there, kind of like we did with Rebels periodically, but we won't make it a hallmark of a conversation unless something massive happens where. They bring in some character or something. They bring um, Gail Merrick in that show, and it just makes me just all the angry. <laughs> yeah, so. All righty, Zenger, is there anything else you'd like to discuss? Any other uh, uh, I think I'm good. Zenger quips? I think I'm good till next week, and I will save the writer's room quips till then. Oh, man, there's so, ma- there's so many Zenger personas now. I've lost track. It, it's I, I've lost track. Oh, one of our audience members asked well, when construction crew Zenger was trying to get me off my high horse, were you successful in getting me off the high horse? Um, I'd like to think no. I'd like to think you have just risen up that high. Was it because I was so high or was it because of some sort of uh, a failure of the Zenger construction crew? Listen here. The Zenger construction crew would never fail at a job like that. All right, we work harder than any other crew. I don't know what accent I'm going for, but I'm completely failing at it, so I'm dropping it. He's like a quasi like Donald Trump almost. <laughs> it, it, I, I was trying to do Jersey, but I'm like, it's not coming right now for some reason. So I'm just going to not even try any harder. It's like maybe a few more takes and I can get it, but eh, whatever. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at KOV Podcast. And contact us at kovpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader into Facebook, and chances are you'll find it. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter, at RogueKnight, K-N-I-T-E. And on the Cinemodities podcast, where we'll be talking about the TV show Real Scary Stories. This is a big, if, if any of you remember this show, I'm going to play a, a clip of it here. Imagine hearing an odd sound that can't be explained. Or seeing a shadowy figure move, but no one is there. A light flickers. You feel a cold breath on your neck. Is it your imagination? Or is it... Real. Eighteen sixty-three, Virginia City, Montana. Hundreds of people are murdered in this lawless frontier town. Even the sheriff is hanged. 
Chris and Jenna think that Virginia City is a real ghost town because every house is haunted. Tonight, they dare each other to stay until midnight in the two most haunted places in the ghost town called Virginia City. November 2000, Syracuse, New York. 14-year-old Joe writes and directs amateur horror movies, but the movie Joe is about to make isn't fiction. In fact, what happens in his newest film is very real. Tonight, Tonight Joe, Joe directs and stars in his first real-life horror film, The 13 Curves. These are the real stories of actual encounters with the bizarre and the unknown. These are real, scary stories. So if that rings any bells, please check out the podcast. You will hear, I have a deep fascination with that show. If you're even slightly interested in it, you will love that episode. And Zenger, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me every week yelling about, oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. I did the normal thing I do for the Knights of Vader podcast on my show on here. Uh, you can find me on my podcast, Zing that, on my main podcast, Zing This, yelling about Star Wars. What is wrong with me? I'm getting my intro quote at the tail end now where we have to do like 15 takes. <laughs> you got your wish. Um, Dreams do come true. Now you can find me on my podcast, Zing This, every week with my better half, Ellie, yelling about different nerdy topics. Knocked it out, finally. Yes, you did, sir. You did great. All righty, Zenger. Have a good night. You do the same. Bye.